Going wild, aren't you? All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. The haters have arrived. Duke lost! In style. <laughs> walking in. Plug walking. Like, <laughs> got our outfits on. Wearing our best clothes into work tomorrow. <laughs> My name is Colby, and you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. I just, I would like to thank not only God, but Jesus as well, <laughs> and whatever basketball gods may be up there. My name is David Rivero, and you can follow me at my other Twitter, at DRivero1222. Oh, you got a new one. I did. So which one's going to be the, the real one? The real one is going to be DRivero1222. My sports burner account that will be transitioned into a burner in like a week. Uh, I'll change the at and everything. I'll delete all references to my real account. (laughs) Um, That Twitter is D underscore river underscore O currently for now. now. I will let Mm -hmm. y'all know if it changes. (laughs) Listen, man, I'm thinking of doing it. I'm thinking of changing it. If I, I just, can find something to change it to. I'm so tired of being on private. Like, I just want to live freely on Twitter. He wants want to go viral again. I want to link my SoundCloud <laughs> under my viral tweet. He just wants the clout. Clout chasing. In it for the clout. That's what Facebook is for. Let's be honest. It's easy I get to get like, likes, on, likes on any Facebook post these days. I get hella likes on Facebook. I don't post on Facebook unless it's just a link to the podcast. <laughs> or when I Who post didduquewin.com. That's really my only post now. Or True. or uh, all my memories of past travels when I get sentimental. But it gets real it gets real sentimental out here, bro. Yeah. We are twenty two years old. <laughs> I get Damn to straight. Re- I get to just repost those for the next fifty, sixty odd years. But either way, I'm Maverick. I am a Tar Heel dead. <laughs> and you can find me at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. And I'm Aaron. I'm back after a bit of an absence. I don't remember last time I was here for recording the pod. Was it like, I don't know. But anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. We are so. full strength. No, yeah. no asterisks on these pods. <laughs> nah, that ain't about, that ain't us. We are fully out here. And yeah, welcome back, Aaron. Thank you. Traveling was a lot of fun. I'm sad that it's over, but I'm happy to be back. What was your favorite part? I really enjoyed getting to show all my band friends Columbus because it's a city that I'm a big fan of. I have a deep emotional connection to it because for the first 18 years of my life, I was going to Ohio state university, the Ohio state university. Sorry. And just a side note. I hate, I absolutely despise how, when people abbreviate OSU, they put lowercase T. It's so (laughs) stupid. Well, it's, it's because the they're words. like they're embracing the hate from the meme. And I mean, I got to give them credit for it. 
But anyways, I really enjoyed showing my friends from band Columbus and having them meet some of my high school friends and my cousin who all go to Ohio state and being able to see all those people because people give Ohio a lot of crap for no reason. It's a pretty cool place. And obviously I enjoyed getting to support the Tar Heels on the road. Go Heels. Go Heels, go America. Oh yeah. Um, anything else before we jump into it? Uh, no, I'm just, I, my body is ready for spring break. And I know that college people, <laughs> like you college people have already had it like weeks ago. But I just am, it's not until April 19th Oof. and I, I am just, my body is hurting. <laughs> like I'm just ready. <laughs> Yeah, so that being said, let's jump into some some sports. Sports ball. So, unfortunately, UNC's basketball men's basketball season came to a close on Friday night. Uh the Heels lost to Auburn 97 to 80. Um I'm embracing Roy's policy. I personally, I don't know about y'all, are embracing Roy's policy after losing that box scores are for losers. Um, <laughs> yes, agreed. But we got worked in the in the the worst way. We got worked, man. And like no, like props to Auburn for bringing it because like man, like they are they're legit. Like I I, I believe. That they they can do some damage and they have already, but they I mean, there's some there's some weird stat about um, teams that win like four straight games in their conference tournament um, to win their conference championship, like going to the final four an absurd amount of times. Like Michigan did it last year, and then of course Auburn doing it this year. They are. They are the epitome of the cliche heating up at the right time. How do you beat? Well, here's how you beat it. So I was going to say, how do you beat 17 threes? But I was going to say you beat it by out-rebounding them and bullying them. But they out-rebounded. I'm pretty sure they out-rebounded us, right? Or at least it felt like Dang they did. Are going to make me take a take a box score? Like, well, you uh, don't have to. Feel like it. It did, at, <laughs> le- at the very least. Like I remember at halftime, I tweeted we were getting bullied on the boards, but we were tied with twenty two rebounds apiece. But it didn't feel like we were tied on rebound. It felt like we were getting demolished on the offensive board. Um, I know, David. You say that I you say that I have the patience of a Zen monk. <laughs> yes, I said word for word. You have the patience of a of a monk. Because what happens, so for y'all that don't know what happens, I don't know why any of you would except Garrett, um, for <laughs> that during group meetings when we're talking to each other during the game, David panics immediately. Oh, yeah. Um, we're down like two. <laughs> it could be like 9.50 left in the first half. We could or, be sorry, down 19, and David's like, game over. I'm like, Jesus we Christ. Are inept. <laughs> we, we are, are inept. What are we doing? Fire Roy. <laughs> could be like one possession in. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like it's over. 
All and season. Hey, at least I'm consistent. <laughs> you, are con- you are consistent. Hey, you're catastrophizing. Um, and I... I just kind of just wait for the the tide to turn back to how I want it to. Oh no, Hello? I'm frozen. Yikes! Okay, he gone. He he got he got gone. Oh no, <laughs> okay. he got sent to the sunken place. But no. Oh, there um, he is. All right. Um. Sorry about that, y'all. Uh, technical. Minor technical difficulties, but we are back. Um, so what I believe I was saying is... So David's the one that catastrophizes where I probably stay mellow a little too long. Um, and just think that things are going to get better. But if I remember correctly, the part of the game where I got nervous, it was... Right at the around the eight minute mark, we were we were waiting for the under eight timeout, and we had three starters, I believe, waiting to come back into the game. And on defense, we were hedging on screens. The bigs were hedging on screens, and they would just kick it to Okiki or whoever was the other big that was out there, and they were just hitting everything. And it's just it's hard. And we couldn't make an adjustment. I was yelling on Twitter that we needed to start switching everything, but we couldn't get a timeout. We couldn't get that stop and play to uh, make that adjustment. And, yeah, it's just hard. It, it's hard to go out like that. It's, it's tough. And you feel bad for – I can't believe that it's – like I'm so used to seeing Luke out there that it's going to be so weird next year not having Luke out there like I know and I know Kenny has been starting longer than Luke has but like I feel like Luke may epitomizes what Roy Williams has done in the last five years like you've had the Marcus Pages the Bryce Johnsons the Isaiah Hicks the Kennedy Meeks all people that the were Berries, the, the Geo Pinsons right I thought you were going to continue your thought and not play 2k um, so. <laughs> I mean, it like I, uh, I think that obviously it sucks, but the way that I'm at least mentally dealing with it is like how well Auburn played. I don't really know what we could have done to beat them because even if Cam and Nas were both healthy, Auburn still was unbelievably hot from three, and it's hard to beat a team that makes 17 threes in one game. Yeah, you, you saw that when we beat Wake. Like, I don't think even if Wake was playing to the best of their abilities, they were winning that game. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, you didn't mean to sideswipe Wake Forest there, but... Uh, <laughs> they just got caught in the wreckage. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the Wake Forest. Of Wake Forest basketball. <laughs> I think I saw Bomani Jones tweet that Wake Forest is one of those teams that everyone loves when they do something good because it's like, aw, Wake look Forest, at look at them. <laughs> look at you. Um, but yeah, you, you hate to see it for Kenny. You hate to see it for Luke and Cam. And, you know, I, the only, like, I have, con- like, it was, a, I thought it was a really good chance for us to make a good run. 
this year. Mm-hmm. It just sucks because I really wanted Cam Johnson to experience a Final Four. Like, I hate it for him. However, I can't really be super upset because I know what Kenny and, and Luke have been through and that I'm content knowing that those two ex- have experienced a championship and a Final Four and what it feels like to, to contribute on a contender. And Luke May will always have Memphis. Always. No matter what happened the rest of his career, he was always going to have Memphis. He didn't have to go out here and be a potential ACC Player of the Year candidate, you know, All-America team level. Like, he didn't have to do that for to be a legend. And he just kept on getting better past Kentucky. And you really couldn't ask anything more out of the dude. Now, again, seeing like the emotion coming out from all of them towards the end of the game. Again, seeing Kenny Williams break down on the bench. That, that was a very emotional moment. He, he said that ultimately Luke and Cam sort of held it before they got in. And then not to make any excuses, or but you just have to acknowledge it too, they ended up showing how Cam, uh, in addition to Nas, had a fever, was not feeling well, was sick. And I know that's probably going to pick at him for a while because he's going to say, if I was healthy, could I have played better? Could we have won this game? Not sure if they, they really could, but it, it – it, sort of brings something into their mind to think about the what if sort of factor. I'm, I mean, Roy Williams at the, his presser was literally saying Cam Johnson's in the back throwing up. Like, I mean, like, I don't know yeah. when, when two of your best six players have like above a hundred fever <laughs> in a game with flu like symptoms, it's like, I'm not going to put the excuses on that. Like Auburn played fantastic. Like they out hustled us, out rebounded us, out shot us, out hustled like all those things. But no, it just sucks that we couldn't have been fully healthy for it. But like I said, it does bring some solace to know the fact that Kenny and Luke are champions. Um, I mean, you've already said a lot. Luke will forever be a legend in Chapel Hill because of what happened in Memphis two years ago. All of he this, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't even need it. Like, I hate that he won't have his name in the rafters. But in my opinion, he's one of those dudes that's going to live on. He doesn't even need his name as in the rafters legend. to be remembered. No, he's he's going to live on as a legend, I think. We'll know. And, I mean, for and, one whatever, last time, yeah. that's my student. That's your student. And when he's playing in China, dropping 40 on people, you'll say, that's, that's my student. That's my student. <laughs> I mean, how do we feel about – I mean, I'm not going to speculate about Nas and Kobe just because we don't know. I think they're going, but that's just my opinion. Nobody knows. Logically, they need I, to go. But if one or two of them stay or one of the two stays, my outlook for next year just goes through the roof compared to where it is right now currently because I think even though if we, we get uh, Cole Anthony uh, bringing in Armando, Jeremiah Francis – I, but at being so young at that point and not and honestly lacking, I think a little bit in the leadership from the upcoming senior class, it could be a down year from us. We're also looking at some grad transfers, um, but that stuff will come in the coming weeks. Um, I just want I want Cole Anthony and Precious Achiwa so badly together because that would be 
a killer class with Armando. I mean, if we get them all, then I'll feel. I think great. that we. I think. I think that we are should feel pretty solid about getting of having one of Cole Anthony or Kobe White next season. I wouldn't expect us to get Precious, but I also wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I'm not expecting us to get Precious, but it, that would be that would be cool if that and we get to be the Duke <laughs> of next year. If we get, if we get if we get Cole and Precious and somehow keep Kobe and Nas, we would be better than the 2015 Kentucky team. That's not going to happen. I d- no highly doubt that'll happen, but the, uh, here's the thing. I like here the the pitch that I would that I see coming from Roy is that there are so many holes that need to be filled by that can like there has never been in a long time this many potential spots for freshmen to step up into those starting roles because we have if like under the assumption that Kobe and Nas leave we have a point guard vacancy we have not disrespecting seventh but we know there's a point guard vacancy. There's a shooting guard slash small forward vacancy. There's a power forward vacancy slash well, not really because I think Garrison and Armando will start together. So there's a there's a one two three vacancy pretty much that need to be filled. And so and go ahead. I I was just gonna say I think that. Our most likely starting lineup for next year is probably going to end up being, if we get Cole, it would be Cole, one of seventh, and Leaky, B-Rob, Armando, and Garrison. Yeah, I can see B-Rob going at the three just because he's tall, lanky, and can shoot. Yeah, because if we move Leaky up to the three and put seventh at the two, then you have almost no floor spacing. That's exactly what I was going to say, so I'm going to not say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anything else from uh, Carolina basketball? It's Hey, this was a fun season. It was, it a, was really fun. A, if Kobe goes, that was w- one of the most fun Tar Heels to watch um, in recent memory. I just remember at the beginning of the season, my expectations were... If we're top three in the ACC, if we're a top three seed, I'm happy. I could have never guessed that we would have won a portion, a, a piece of the ACC regular season title, beat Duke twice, and got a one seed. Like, if you would have told me that at the beginning of the year, I would have felt great about this season. The optics of it, even though the Sweet 16 loss is disappointing, mm-hmm. the optics, like I remember at the beginning of the season, I'm pretty sure my take was I want to get to at least a Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. And that would feel good. And we did that. We got to a Sweet 16. And I cannot complain. Like, I think this season outshot our expectations. Cam Johnson was fantastic. Um, Kenny Williams became a defensive monster. Um, Nas Little finally rounded into form. Kobe White was like, I believed in the hype, but I did not know that he was James Harden with a fro. Like, <laughs> I could not have expected that. So I, I cannot wait to see what they do going forward. Ultimately, we're North Carolina. We are going to be back. There, there's no question about that. So that ultimately and I makes the losses it, I, feel I, less bad compared to other teams. We know that we're going to be back. I texted the group, and of all four of us, I didn't expect to have the perspective take. And it's like, we're so dang lucky to be Tar Heels. Yeah. It's like... 
And it's not any of that like latching on to the popular, like we are, we're Tar Heel. Like we went there and not to discount anyone that didn't go there. Like you could be a Tar Heel fan if you didn't go there. But I'm just saying like I wasn't even a Tar Heel fan before I went there. I didn't even like college basketball before I stepped on UNC's campus. And the fact that this is the school and the team that I fell in love with, I just feel really lucky because I don't like they're great. I love everything about Carolina's program. With, through all of the ups and downs, I love everything about being a Tar Heel. And it is always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Always. Yeah, I, I, I don't I didn't think it was possible for me to fall more in love with the basketball program and the people involved. But being there and being a part of it the past three weeks blew me away. Like interacting with the players and the coaches and seeing it all up close and they're all like genuinely that nice and that caring. And it genuinely is that much of a family atmosphere. Like we saw Tyler Hansborough at the last three, maybe four games of the season. And I think he's supposed to be playing in China right now. It's just it. Nothing is like it. Yeah. Coach Rob is my boy now. So I, no matter, you know, I had fun this season, despite my, uh, my antics, <laughs> my, uh, my, uh, overreactions. I, I do love this team. Yeah. It was fun. I think we talked about in the group me, like it, these past couple years have reminded, I think a lot of Tar Heel Nation that it's freaking hard to win a championship. And we got very, we are very, very fortunate to be living in maybe one of the most by win successful eras in Carolina basketball history. We've had three, is it three one seeds and a two seed in the last four years? Two final fours, two championship games in this chip. Yep. I could not ask, like, do you know how many programs... Like there are, I think, is it three programs or two programs that have never been to a final four that are in this current final four Two this year, two programs this year have never been. And Virginia hasn't been in 35 years. Yeah. So the fact that we're like, ah, crap, we didn't make it to the final four again. In two, <laughs> like, like, I'm like, what do you get that? From? Other schools like hate us because they're like, really? You're complaining. Yeah. So that's Carolina basketball this year. Um, can't wait to do it all again. We'll see you in October. We will see. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> We're going to talk about stuff before October. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's talk about how the evil empire has fallen. The evil empire. I started rooting for Duke after we lost one triangle. A C C A C C North Carolina love, man. Those Yankees get none of my love. Um, That's the only gripe really I have with Auburn. It's not specifically Auburn, but the fact that the Auburn fans at the game start chanting S C C. Like I tweeted it, but I deleted it. I was like. Those Kentucky fans might want to be a little. <laughs> you, you might want to. Maybe don't get it. Maybe won't. Don't want to ch- chant SEC so soon. Yeah. So that's the only thing, really. 
So I I'm good. I'm happy. I'm I'm okay. I've moved on. I've had t- I've had ones that I felt like after the Villanova one, I was shooketh for like <laughs> a whole months. month, like a like a month and a half, two months afterwards. Like I like I fell asleep sometimes and I closed my eyes and I remembered it and I was like, oh my god, no, not again. <laughs> no, trust me. Being on that plane coming back from Houston, it was dead silent on that plane. Like I don't, I, I, I cannot do not, experience yeah, I, the kind of pain that I did that night. Because, like, at last night was nowhere near as bad. Because nothing compares. Yeah. Uh, this year is definitely painful. But, like, last year I was just so angry that I didn't watch a game after we lost. And, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously still upset that we lost. But I'm going to watch the Final Four and I'm going to enjoy it. And Duke losing definitely helped that a lot. Speaking of Duke losing, Duke lost. The evil... Empire. I think it was what sixty eight, sixty seven. But listen, Duke, you played with fire for two games, <laughs> three games, four games actually, and you each each time the the late game execution got progressively worse, and finally someone took advantage. Finally, okay. listen. I was fully prepared to come onto this podcast with the 2019 Duke is the same run as 2017 Carolina. It really was. I was, I was completely compared to come onto this podcast with that take. And I think I would, it would have been warranted. Listen, I talked to my mom was like, they can't keep getting lucky like this. They can't, they can't keep doing this. They can't keep getting away with it. And I'm like, listen, like you need luck. To get a championship, I thought back to 2017, that Arkansas game, like we were supposed to lose that game. Like we were down five with sec- like two, like three minutes with left, two minutes. Two minutes? Go, yeah. yeah. The Oregon game, missing four free throws in a row. Are you freaking kidding me? Getting that box out like the Kentucky game. The Kentucky flashbacks game. Flashbacks to Las Vegas the the earlier in the year. And even in the Gonzaga game, even in the final game, like I forget his name now, but the dude that Nigel Williams, Nigel Williams, Goss, look at you, smarty pants, (laughs) (laughs) Nigel Williams, Goss. He was like in those waning minutes, he was taking over until he turned his ankle. Right. And he, he, he turned his ankle and whether you like it or not, that's a huge reason why we won that game. And yeah, so there was a, like things it sucks, but things have to go your way to win a championship. And things were going Duke's way, and it looked like it was going to be their year. And then Michigan, of all of all teams to come in and beat Duke, Michigan State, who's had this specter of Coach K, um, <laughs> Coach Williams over them forever, or at least since the year 2000. Just have not been able to beat Duke and Carolina. Hey, it's the last day of Izzo. Yeah. It is, but it is, it's just Izzo thirty first. I mean, I was looking at, I, I was thinking as the game was coming down the stretch. I don't know his name because I don't know Michigan State well enough, but he hit a three pointer to put them up two. Nick Goins, I, I think going whatever, and immediately I was like, so Duke's either going to get fouled. They're either going to get an and one or they're going to hit a three to win the game. 
or they're going to lose this possession. Michigan State's going to miss their free throws, and Duke's going to go OT on them. That was the thought. Pro- I had, I had, I was under the assumption that Duke was going to somehow pull the rabbit out of their butts again for a third time in the tournament for the third straight game. And I don't know if it, it, it just the luck ran, the luck ran out. The luck ran out. It, it was funny because RJ RJ Barrett missed the three he was supposed to make and made the free throw he was supposed to miss. Yeah. And that's what did him in. And then, <laughs> of all the complaining that Coach K does about fouls going his way at the end of the game, that his team did not have enough fouls to get back into the game, and that's what did them in. Even if, um, when Cassius Winston was running around the end of the court, if they would have gotten that foul on Trey Jones, they still had two more to give. Yeah, they could have they run the clock down to nothing. They literally could have touched it probably by the time they had they were in the bonus and the time would have run out. So <laughs> the shot in Freud is strong. Yeah, and you know, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ber- like Trey Jones, seeing Trey Jones like crying at the end of the game is not that's that not sucks. the that's not the fun yeah. part. That seeing Duke lose is the fun part, not watching kids cry. But just for all the people that are out there that like watching kids cry. Like yeah, I, I feel that like weirdos. I don't like if I had somebody that was like, ha, Kenny Williams, what a, what a, what a, what a baby. Like, like I'd feel some type of way. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want I'm, that either. Kenny Williams cares about his teammates. What a baby. Yeah. Kenny yeah he, Lu- Kenny he's Williams. sad about the era of his life ending. How sad. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't take any joy in children crying, but. Like, but Mighty Jones on Twitter says it's going to be real interesting to see how all these new Duke fans treat him now. Yep. I I saw this take going around Twitter, and I want to throw it out to y'all. I think Taylor Vipolis threw this out. Zion Williamson is a generational talent and is a great player. Nobody denies that. But this Duke team is not good. Like, this Duke team was not good. They did it. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone really together. denied that. With Zion, they were good. Without Zion, they were average. This Duke, like, these are, if you were in an NBA front office and you put this team together, you would be ridiculed. Yeah. Like, which is. Well, and you can, you can say what you want about the starting five. The starting five had their, you know. We're solid. You had RJ Barrett, who is Carmelo Anthony 2.0. He needs 20 shots per game, and you know that you're gonna. You know he's gonna get his. You've got Cam. You've got Cam Reddish, who comes and goes in waves and is pretty inconsistent, but has a lot of potential and a killer three point stroke. But just he disappears sometimes. If is that a correct assumption? Yes. I'd say a little more than sometimes. You've got Zion Williamson, who is the Incredible Hulk. On the basketball court, which, by the way, he did not touch the ball in the in that last possession, which is a criminal, which is cr- a crime. I, I mean, and then you got Trey Jones, who's a defensive stalwart, comes and goes on offense, but he ha- he has his worth as a point guard. And then you throw whoever in at the five. But you look I at that bench, you look at that bench and it's like you 
Coach K is that coach that he sticks with that starting five, and he he's the antithesis to Roy right now. But where he doesn't de- he like he, could you imagine Coach K subbing out his starting five to prove a point like Roy does? No, no, yeah, because you know why? Because then they'd be down thirty. <laughs> I think. Tell me what y'all think of this. I think a better Duke team would have been Trey at point, Zion down low. At the five? Four or five. Okay. Big man. Two Alex O'Connell types. And then a stretch five. I'm trying so to put that all together. Yeah. So you have Trey Jones, who can, who's a playmaker, distributor. You Pass have first. Zion that just makes all the plays and will knock down the a straight three every once in a while. Some like real sh- like Alex O'Connell types. I mean, like real shooters. Maybe Joey Baker's a closer. Yeah, it's not like he had him on the bench or anything. Like, huh. mm, no. but like you, you know, like shooters, like I real, get it. I like get shooters, it. and then another shooter that can. Maybe not the best down low, but can step outside and move the, and spread the defense out. Like, I feel like that sort of team would have been stronger than what Duke put out there this year. I mean, Again, to be you, fair, you, you can only put what you recruit out there. Like, I, I get that you can't just, yeah. you can't construct a perfect team, but I get what, where he's coming from that like this Duke team was not that good. To be fair, though, I don't think anyone expected for Cam Reddish to be as mediocre as he was this season. If Cam Reddish is anywhere near as good as what we expected him to be going into the year, then I think Duke is even more so the best team in the country at full strength. And likewise, like RJ for needs to be, at least in college, needs to be the star of the show. Yeah. Like, I have no doubts that... Not, like, ego-wise. Like, as far as, like, basketball-wise, like, he needs to be, like, the the best player on your team. And, like, I have no doubts that RJ's game is going to translate well to the NBA. Cam Reddish's game is going to translate well to the NBA with the spacing. And Zion Williamson is going to translate super well to the NBA. But for this college game, like, this team was not, like... It was limiting, you know? It's the exact same problem that Nas had for most of the year, where they're just not college players as much as they are NBA players. So, uh, like, how do you... I don't know. Like, I just don't know how you make the conscious decision not to develop your bench. Like, I get that they're not your best players, but they're still five- and four-star players. Like, you have Marquise Bolden, Jevin Deloria, you have Joey Baker, you have Alex O'Connell. Like Some he, say Jack White is still missing threes J- to this day. Jack White, uh, Jordan Goldwire, who is it? Did Jack White play the entire tournament? He played today. I don't even know. He, he missed some threes today. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> lying. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not even a, that's not even a bit. That's, that's real. <laughs> Sports scientists are going to look at that forever. So I cannot wait to finally root for Zion Williamson in the. Oh like, yeah, is he Zion already to Cleveland. A top thirty player in the NBA? I'm not ready to give him that. 
I'm not, I need, I need, like, I get it. Like we said it with him coming out of high school. Like you need to prove it at the high, at the, the higher level. We know that his game is going to translate well now. I just want to see, like, I want to see him on the court. Who, who, who is he going to dunk on it. first in the NBA? Andre but, okay. Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> Andre Drummond or Al Horford. <laughs> Zion doesn't really dunk on people. No, he gets those, like, really big flashy transition dunks. Yeah, it, like, whenever there's someone in front of him, like, he goes around. He's a Theo type. He doesn't try to yam on you. He tries to go around you. No, he has a soft touch. Really good around the rim, and he's strong enough to put it up on anybody. Like, like I, I totally agree with you. Like, he doesn't. He's not like a. Like he's a Blake Griffin. I feel like he's not body hunting. Right. No, Blake. Blake early his career was body. Hunting. You're right. You are, no, you're right. Now people were people were hurting Blake Griffin because he was body hunting so much. <laughs> now that I think of it, now that I think about early Blake Griffin, like, people were hurting him. Like Blake Griffin now, like yeah. Who on? Do you know who's like low key a body hunter? Cody Zeller. <laughs> for a dude, for a dude with a bald spot, he he does body hunt a lot. <laughs> hey, what are you saying about get, bald people? He tries to get everybody, and it's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> no one, Cody Zeller should not have that much confidence. I'm ready for Caleb Ellis breakout season. It's coming. Kids got bounced. He's going to yam on somebody and I'm going to go nuts. <laughs> like in, in garbage time, he's going to dunk on like the 12th player on a, like <laughs> Mur- not Murray State because they were actually good this year. But like I'm trying to think of a random like Coppin State's like <laughs> bench and I'm going to go nuts. <laughs> so Michigan State to the final four. Um, Auburn, we discussed briefly earlier. Um, I was concerned at how far they can go without Okiki, but they got it done today. They beat Kentucky. Like, I don't know what else, <laughs> like they can do it. Go Bruce Pearl flex tape. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for for those of you who don't know, Joe Obvious tweeted that his kids think that Bruce Pearl is the guy from the flex tape commercials. <laughs> um, which is hilarious, and I love that. It, it's um, so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and even if he's not, he he feels like he is. Um, I, Texas Tech. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to go through Texas that. Texas yeah. Toast. Texas Toast. <laughs> Cody's favorite team in the entire world. The Tortillas in. I thought we were going to get a Texas. Tortillas come out. I thought we were going to get Texas Tech Duke. Final four, and I was going to be sick when they lost by 30. <laughs> like, they played them close earlier this year. I just felt like I knew how that was going to go, and I was—I didn't think it was going to go well. But regardless, good for them because they, they took down a team that I thought was going to win it all in Gonzaga. I'm sorry. I just realized. So in my office, it's like me who's a Carolina fan. My coworker's a Duke fan, and the intern that sits in our office is from, like, Michigan, like, is a Michigan State fan. So it's going to be a, an interesting day tomorrow at work. Uh, um, hi, Kylie, Go if green. you're listening. What are you saying? Go green. Go white. Go green. Um, this is Sparta. Hey, 300 sounded good. 
um, at the end of that game. Yes. Um, Let's see. Texas Tech. They are... <laughs> I swear, they're, they're UVA, but not as good. <laughs> yeah. But I... So you're saying we should root for a Texas Tech UVA championship game so it could be 30 to 25. I'll die. <laughs> I... Is it bad? Like, I was kind of rooting for Gonzaga to get one. Like, I, I was kind of rooting for them to, to win a championship after we were out. I was on the the anyone but Duke secondary, anyone but Kentucky train. Are y'all going to care when Virginia wins? No. I'll be happy for them. I'll yeah. be happy for them, too. I don't like playing Virginia, but Tony Bennett seems like a good guy. I don't like Kyle Guy, but everybody else on that team I like. He's grown on me. Kyle Guy's grown on me. He's like. Um, the, do y'all think he's better looking now or when he had the man bun? Because I got in an argument now. with Evan yesterday about it. Now that's what I said. Who who liked him with the man bun? Is it Annabelle? Evan. Evan. <laughs> oh, Evan. Okay. <laughs> but I also I also pointed out that Kyle Guy now looks like Evan, but good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm fine with any of the Final Four teams winning it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can now go watch and enjoy all all these games. When was the last time there was a Final Four without any of the five blue blo- or six blue bloods? Never. I just think Auburn deserves. <laughs> I think Auburn deserves it because they beat Tennessee, Kansas, UNC, Kentucky. Like <laughs> you go get that championship. But you deserve Basically, that one. They're like Louisville, yeah. uh, 2013. They get a good player that goes out. They beat uh, a beat a good team. And then they win, Bro. and then they get their their championship stripped away because they're being investigated by the FBI. I was just thinking about that earlier. I was thinking about that earlier. We are on the same wavelength. I'm like, wow, this kind of seems like Louisville, doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> so it could work out. We never lost to Auburn. We'll okay, <laughs> stay tuned. They gotta <laughs> they gotta ask they gotta ask Okiki if his bone came out. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was watching that game when Kevin Ware's leg broke. And I, I, I when was, he fell I was down. Too. I immediately saw the bone come out. I'm like, that dude just broke his leg. Y'all want to like? This isn't really like, funny, but that game was my introduction to college basketball. Like that was the first game that I sat down with the purpose of watching college basketball, and was just a tragic, <laughs> a tragic first game to watch. Welcome, welcome to college basketball. Contact sport to the max. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's rough. That was the last time I ever looked at an injury like that. Yep. So also, oh, been... also, oh my god, Joseph Nurkic. Oh my god, don't watch it. Like, if you haven't watched, like, I I sent it to Lauren just as a joke because I knew she wasn't gonna watch it. I sent her another DM and she accidentally clicked on the Nurkic injury and she <laughs> watched it with sound and she didn't talk to me for like <laughs> a few hours. She was like, I hate you. <laughs> um, but it's just bad. Like you could hear it snap and from the camera angle and it's just when that. Yeah. 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 It was bad. <laughs> um, but on a, ha- on a, on another note, Purdue versus Virginia, surprisingly, one of the best basketball games of ever? of the last couple, at least the last couple. I'm not going to say ever because I got to think hard about it. There's ever been some good <laughs> ones, but it's up there. It, it was it was great, legitimately. Um, Carson Edwards. Oh, good bu- Lord. As Theo would say, he a, he bucket. a walking bucket. <laughs> he a walking bucket. <laughs> 
He scored something around 45% of Purdue's baskets in the tournament or points in the tournament, which I think is unbelievable. That's ridiculous. That a team got to the elite eight with one player scoring that much. And he, they could have won that game too. They should have. <laughs> um, yeah, that was rough. And you, you hate that it ends on a turnover for him too. <sighs> yeah. But so goes it. But what one of the best performances I've ever seen in the tournament. Yep. And he still won the player, the most outstanding player of that region, even though they lost, which I think yeah. the only player other to do to do that was Stephen Curry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So does he I mean, I know people are saying that this is a, a weak draft this year, but I feel like there's a lot of hidden talent going around. Some team's going to get lucky and get Cam in the second round. Oh, he's. I think he's going in the first. They're mocking him to the Sixers in the first a lot yeah, now. They have him going in the first. They have Kobe going in the first. They've got. I think they still have Nas going in the first, just lower. Oh yeah, they have him in the in the lower part of the lottery. And we did, I and then mean, um, I don't I'm not sure if y'all did broach just like this helps sort of also counter some of the, the the main concerns people have with Carolina that we can't get first round picks. We can't have players go. That's stupid team. anyway. We had Tony Bra- like I know it's stupid, but like we had Tony Bradley and Bryce Johnson. No, like no. and I get that they aren't the most high profile ones, but like if we get three first round picks, like what else to recruits like I don't know what to tell recruits if they don't like yeah, what no, do you want? Like, like, if like, they didn't <laughs> think if that's what they're thinking they don't need to be here. But at the same time it's sort of like if they don't realize that Duke did not make Zion, RJ Barrett, or Cam Reddish, they could have went to anywhere and they would be what they are. I hate to keep talking about Duke, but I also was in the mornings when I go grab my coffee and go to work, I listen to sports radio and somebody posed the question. Why that, would you do that? Because I, I hate myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> duh. But I listen to sports talk radio. And one of the questions I, I live in, I listen to WFNZ, the fan 107.9 shout out to Gary Ling. Yeah. Um, but I listened to them and someone posed the question of did going to Duke boost Zion's marketability slash like stock? Not I want to say stock, but like did it boost his profile? He could have went to Clemson like he I was going to and I think it would have been the same thing. You think so? I think it was a mutual relationship. I think Duke got more out of it than Zion did. I can agree with that. I think out of high school, I think Zion they had the helped hype. each other, but I think Duke helped, it helped Duke more. The other question was, I think Zion, like if let's under the presumption that like, let's say the one and done rule was a thing that it helped his visibility a lot being on the college basketball stage than if he would have gone to like the Suns, and like 10 of his games would have been televised. Yes and no, because he had over a million followers. Yeah. But, but how many Russian bots Colby? Okay. <laughs> we gotta be looking at those numbers too. Who y'all got? I got UVA Michigan state. I have Texas tech UVA. But I could very well see Auburn making the upset because if there's any team that can 
beat UVA without falling into UVA's wall, falling into UVA's trap. I guess it's Auburn. Michigan State, Auburn. Because even even UVA can't slow down being that hot. Virginia had a lot of turnovers in there against Purdue. I feel like. How about this? Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. So do we want to make our championship prediction then? Yes. That's fine. That sounds fine to me. Uh, I got UVA. Can I? My heart wants to say Auburn versus Michigan State with Auburn taking it. I just, I think I see UVA beating Auburn and Texas Tech pulling it out versus, um, versus Michigan State. So I'm going to go ahead and pick UVA. I also won an Auburn Michigan State final with Michigan State probably winning and getting Izzo back in the thing. That sucked for Auburn. I think just Akiki's going to be he's going to ultimately like be there undoing in in a big stage like that. But I think really at this point it's UVA's title to lose. Honestly, they're the last number one seed. If Auburn somehow wins it all, does Charles Barkley buy out all the donut stock of every Krispy Kreme in Alabama? I want to see him get drunk on TV. Les, uh, before we move on, I would just like to say that I enjoyed being a TV star for a couple weeks. When UNC was on national TV every game and I was right behind the basket. Yeah, I can see your ball looking ahead all up on my TV I screen. liked getting texts from y'all to sit down when I motioned that it was our ball on obvious times when it wasn't. Let's <laughs> stick with you and talk Riverdale. Matt, did you watch this week's episode? It's actually like really interesting right now. Yeah, it's kind of getting cool again. I'm just getting tired of the farm. At least we finally got to meet Edgar. Yeah, stuff is finally picking up. I just don't know why Betty expected Cheryl to not get sucked into the farm. And also, Cheryl, I mean, you could see it coming. If you don't want a spoiler, then take off your headphones for a sec. I I don't care that much. (laughs) Okay. Um, When Cheryl was like, I'm done being your mole, it's illegal. She was stealing stuff a week ago. Breaking the law all the time. Like, there's just so many. It's like, just like peak said, That's all this stuff. Like, there's so many things that like goes beyond reality, and that's what puts it in, like in a comic book world. How in the world are you hiring high schoolers to be a part of some some crackdown unit to aid the sheriff and doing drills in a high school? How can somebody put a crystal in some metal and make a lightsaber? How can, <laughs> how can okay, someone I don't mean to house? interrupt. That's not fair because... Um, is it supposed to be grounded in reality? Star like, Wars is literal fantasy. But is but is Riverdale supposed to be... Like, I thought the whole... Riverdale is for real. It's based on a true story. I thought that, I thought that the whole pull of Riverdale is that it's like, cheese, like camp cheesiness and like 
obvious things that don't happen in reality. Camp like, is different from literal fantasy. <laughs> right, obviously. I went um, the extreme, but like, <laughs> you know, when you got kids coming out, like, you know, pulling kids for a crime unit, like. Even Camp can go <laughs> too far, I think, sometimes. In a world where we had Adam West as Batman, I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't mean to backtrack, but Cole Anthony just put out his final four. Are we on um, it? And it is us, Notre Dame, Georgetown, and Oregon. So he cut out the Ewan Wake. I mean, it's I, I didn't even think that. I thought it was just between us and Oregon, pretty much. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is. But I think that we're going to see a decision by the end of April. I just hope we get him because if we don't, next season could be extra rough. I think we got to wait and see what happens with Kobe and Nas before we make any judgments. I I feel like he's going to wait until Nas and Kobe's decision. Mainly Kobe's. Hmm. But anyways, back to Riverdale. Why is Veronica still invested in her family? She hates her father 80% of the time. Because they're family. Family always comes first, except when I abandon my father. Then it doesn't. Except when my father is actively tried to kill my boyfriend. Water under the bridge. But Water Daddy, under I the bridge. <laughs> so... Yeah, but I thought this week this uh, episode was pretty good. This week, we're getting closer, hopefully to the end. I'm worried that they're gonna. I'm worried that they're gonna push like eight weeks of content into a week and a half because the finale's coming up real soon. Oh, then I can watch it. I just want to know what the heck this farm is. Yeah, I love that they wear shirts that say that just say the farm. And I also want to get a shirt that says Big Fun from the musical episode. Um. Do, 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 do. Maverick? <laughs> Say what? I see what you did there, Colby. <laughs> I see what you did. I, did. I did the music cue from us. I got five oh, on it. I got five on it. What did you think of us? So, yeah. Non-spoiler. I went to the matinee showing on Friday because I'm an adult and I can do what I want. I went to go see a movie in my free time. And I was so afraid because I don't like scary movies or even thrillers can get me on edge. But it really wasn't terribly scary. There were some suspenseful moments and there were some times like, please don't do that. You're going to (laughs) die. And then stuff happened. Uh, But I I really enjoyed the movie overall. Very just thought provoking just throughout. Like I just hearing people stuff comments before going into it about all like these theories or like uh, this is sort of when they sort of brought back the spoilers with no context and I kept looking at those beforehand and I'm like I gotta look at every single thing and I mean I paid attention to the very first scene um, which I won't describe since we're non spoiler right now but it plays a very big role Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a fun romp, um, but definitely as you as what happens with Jordan Peele's movies, as we are coming to see, is that he puts a lot of thought into every aspect of his films. Um, 
he's 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 not afraid to keep comedy even in serious situations. But like, but there's yeah, some it doesn't movies detract. where it's like that, and it kind of kills the theme and the the tone. Whereas still, these were able to be funny and sort of release the tension, and they were they were used right. The, the humor. Yeah, Winston Duke's um, Jordan Peele impression was pretty funny the entire <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, no, he could easily play uh, Jordan Peele in something. Um, I, I think this movie has a lot to say. Um, I, at one point, a character, I won't go into like super spoilers like literally says like we are america oh yes which, no no we're americans put, or we're americans yeah um which kind of gives you a oh okay so let's 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 engage let's let's figure out what uh, what jordan is trying to say here um especially with some of the imagery late in the movie where that harkens back to a some th- things from the 80s um some social things from the 80s i think it's it's a movie that if you went back and watched it you'll probably see a lot of things that you you missed either in like the easter eggy side or in the trying to figure out stuff like trying to figure out what he was trying to say side. So I think it's a very revisible movie. I liked it. Um, people have asked me to like compare it with get out. I think they are very different movies. I think with get out, especially like with his message, like he was very straightforward with what he was talking about with, with get out. Like he, he knew what he he knew how to hit the spots to say it's pretty much shouting at the audience. This is what I mean with this movie. Um, and even went that far with what he was talking about after the movie, like explaining what some of the symbolism he said, he's not going to do that with us. Um, and I think it's a a lot of, it's going to be up to interpretation, uh, which I think is going to be interesting to see how people break down this movie. All I know is Jordan Peele's two for two. Yeah, no, he very much is. Now, batting a hundred percent. In keeping with a non-spoiler thing, I, I, I'm not afraid to say this, and if I if you get mad at me, sorry. So, if you don't expect this, there is a bit of a twist that happens in the movie. Colby, did you catch on to this twist? Yeah, because I, I mean, I was trying to be very like observant of the sort of things and I knew that something was up. And then when it finally gets revealed, I'm like, yes, because I never get that kind of stuff. I mean, I feel like if you've watched a trailer and you know what kind of movie this is, like if you if you get like the gist of the movie, you can kind of piece together what the twist is going to be without seeing the movie. I don't think that's spoilery. I think if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen the trailer, you can try to guess. But I, I think if you, if you, you've seen the trailer, you can kind of, do you think the fact that it was so obvious for you made it less impactful? Does that make sense? I don't think so. You think it still worked? It's okay. still wild. Still yeah. wild. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
So, oh well, someone I was looking through the no context spoilers on BuzzFeed, and someone just showed like a Amazon Echo, like the Alexa. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great part. That's a little no context spoiler for y'all. That's such a minor movie. moment, but it's very funny. It is very funny. <laughs> um, but we'll get off of us. Um, I, I say go see it, even if you don't like scary movies. Like I said on Twitter, Aquaman has more jump scares than us. Um, so, yeah, go see it. It's a good movie. I think you'll come out of it thinking about a lot of stuff. Uh, Mario Odyssey and Kingdom Hearts 3 are both games that David has played or finished. Yeah, so I just got done with Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, I was an emotional wreck and I still am an emotional wreck. Um, just so great. Was it a perfect game? No, but the last like five hours of gameplay made up for anything (laughs) potentially wrong (laughs) with the game for me at least. And I, I loved it. Not saying it's a bad game like otherwise, but it, it is a great game, but just those last couple of hours were just so magical for me. And did it tie up every loose end? No, because I know that there's going to be more kingdom hearts games, but so many rewarding moments that had me like after they happened, I would pause the game and be like, Holy crap. That was 13 games worth of stuff that just got (laughs) resolved. So, you know, and I just, you know, I was smile, I was cheesing the whole time and it was great. Um, just bought literally today, bought Mario Odyssey, booted it up like 20 minutes before this podcast and started playing it. Feels great. Plays great. Seems like a fun game. Can't wait to play it. Did you grow up with Mario games? I grew up with the like Super Mario Bros and like I played a port of the original Mario um, played a lot of Super Smash Bros. Melee on the GameCube, a lot of um, like other versions of Mario. What is it? Um, Mario Party, um, Mario Kart. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah. What you were talking about with those moments in Kingdom Hearts 3, there is like, as I've previously talked about on the pod, there is that moment like the greatest video game moment I've ever experienced in super Mario odyssey. You'll know when you get there. Um, but the whole game is just like a love letter to Mario games and a lot of people just a treat to play from beginning to a end. lot of people. I, I've, I've heard enough people say great things about it that I had to pick it up. So I, I trust in yeah. that opinion. It's just like the best playing Mario game that I've ever played. And I missed out on Mario galaxy. So I wanted to get Odyssey. Yeah, Mario Galaxy is another unbelievable game. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's where I am right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I watched a good bit of Love, Death, and Robots. Um, what do y'all know about the the series? I I didn't even Nothing. I didn't even know that was a thing. Never heard of it until you just said it. It is on Netflix. It's an anthology animated series where every story is a different 
or every episode is a different story. It's all animated. Um, it's all adult animation. Very, very adult animation. Um, like Big Mouth adults or like... <laughs> more than Big Mouth. Um, oof, oof. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just a bunch of kind of Black Mirror-ish stories. Um, little short, just quick hitter, like all under 17 minutes, some of them under 10 minutes. Um, just a little piece of animation that they're all beautifully animated for the most part. The stories are good. There are some that hit me more than others and some I didn't like at all, but most of them are like pretty quality. So if you just have some spare time, um, in a place that's like not in public, uh, watch, (laughs) Uh, Love, Death, and Robots. I, On what platform? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Is it a lot? Of, is it like social commentary or like? Um, some of it is. I like think I know Black Mirror has a lot of like. This is the danger of technology. Is it like that kind of like? Is it message based or just trying to tell stories? It's a lot of like speculative fiction. Like, what would happen if we had technology that did this? Okay. Yeah. I, I won't say it's sci-fi. It's more like speculative fiction. Does someone have sex with a robot, Colby? Um, <laughs> that's yes. Question mark. Unclear. Unclear. You'll see when you get to that episode. Um, okay. And maybe there's one that I haven't. There, there are still a couple I haven't seen yet. But if you watch it, you'll know the episode where I'm like, yes. Maybe. Kinda. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, I just put that on there. I almost forgot about it. Uh, did any of have any of y'all ever seen Arrested Development I could before? I get into it. I don't know what it is. I finished about season it. two. Uh, I thought it was really I funny. Highly I highly recommend it. I just I, I got to season two and I hit a wall with my life and I just forgot to yeah. finish it. Yeah, it's one of those shows that you have to watch more than once because they hide so much inside the show. Like, I've rewatched it a couple times, and you... Uh, Hello? Sorry, I lost y'all for a second. Yeah, oh, okay. my dad called me, oh, okay. but I'm going to talk to him to talk to him later. But anyways, it's one of those shows where you rewatch it, and you find new stuff every single time. Um, but they just put out the second half of season five on Netflix, and it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. It was not Arrested Development at, at its best, like at season one and two and three, but it was still solid and it was fun to watch. A lot better than season four. Lit. Um, so, last thing Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm so excited. So I think David has some feelings because you're the one that wanted to talk about it. I am. I'm. I, I've mentioned before. I'm doing my rewatch, um, full all every episode of Game of Thrones. Um, I am on season seven, so I, I'm almost done. I'm in the home stretch. I have, um, I think the last two or three, and I'm and I'm there. I'm not doing a full rewatch, but I am listening to A Storm of Spoilers do their rewatch of um, Game of Thrones, which has been a good a listen if you haven't listened to that podcast. Colby is a big fan. I'm starting to get into it. I dig it. They're great. Um, 
Can I? No, you you finish. I'll plug something else. Okay, sure. Um, I just just listening to them recount things, and as I'm remembering, I really missed the dialogue from the first three seasons, and I understand that now it's become so big budget and all these storylines are ending and it's getting so massive as far as the scale that a lot of the budgetary stuff's going towards the battles and, and all this crazy effects and everything. But like, I miss moments like Littlefinger talking to Varys. I miss the moments of Tyrion word sparring with Olena Tyrell. I miss moments like, um, Ned Stark going toe to toe with Cersei, uh, or like Littlefinger when he talks to Cersei and he's like, "Knowledge is power," and Cersei's like, "Nah, power is power." power. That's that's like that's a great one. That's a great scene. (laughs) Like I miss those. Like I like I just miss those little character moments. So I just hope that and and I know like everyone's gripes with season seven are one uh, fast travel and two is the lack of like dialogue specifically like you said on twitter um colby uh specifically Tyrion. like i'm kind of i don't want to say i'm disappointed at Tyrion. i just feel like the writers are doing him a disservice because i feel like he's smarter than he actually is being put out right now like is he though i he is Is he he though he he is dude he is i believe in Tyrion. i believe in him I promise. I don't know. I, I'm looking at him a little sideways now, especially in this rewatch. I'm like, my guy, what are you doing? Like, uh, speaking of Joanna Robinson, she tweeted. Um, I love her thread on Game of Thrones that I read through, too. Oh, yeah. She's, she's just a great follow. Follow her on Twitter at Joe wrote this. Um, but. She tweeted, when's the last time Tyrion made a good decision? Like a good strategic decision. And it's been a while. It's 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 been a little bit. Like I yeah, and I like I I miss him just straight up outwitting people. <laughs> I looking back, especially in this most recent rewatch after um reading some of like the actual scripts from game of thrones um from the episodes he gets a little lucky he he gets a little lucky he gets a little lucky well okay so we have we have the battle of blackwater mm-hmm. that was obviously Tyrion. Mm-hmm. we have I don't want to spoil things, but I feel like if you haven't watched Game of Thrones at this point, what the F are you doing? Yeah, just go ahead. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched it. I'm not going to watch. Go ahead and spoil it. If you, if you if you haven't, this is the last thing we're going to talk about on this episode. So if y'all want to go ahead and peace out, go ahead. Bye. We'll see y'all in two weeks. So we have the Battle of Blackwater. We have um, what's his big season three moment? I can't remember. Oh, I know he has Oberyn. I know he has Oberyn fight but for Oberyn him. Lost. I, but it was you know who else was gonna beat the freaking mountain? 
He did he did have a 28 to 3 lead and then he started throwing middle fingers at the crowd and forgot to play the rest of the game. And, um but I mean I don't think killing Tywin was a strategic decision. That was a, an emotional decision. Ex- my thing when I was talking to David is that he makes a lot of decisions with like I think the what people feel is that he makes a lot of like strategic decisions with his head where he, when him killing Shay was a crime of passion. Him killing Tywin... Well, she also was, was trying to murder him. Was she? Yes! Are you kidding me? <laughs> she grabbed, I'm pretty sure, a knife. <laughs> After he came up there for no reason. They didn't even say anything. She just straight. She just went right for the kill, though. Like, come on. I also hate Shay as a character, so that's a different story. I might be biased, but <laughs> either way. So there's that. Allying himself with with Daenerys, he had a couple moments in that. Was, nope, that was not his decision. That, that was Varys. I will always also contend that uh, there's no contention that Varys is the smartest character on the show, right? Yeah. Okay. As Ferris is MVP of everything. Like I love him. <laughs> like he's the smartest person. I, I just um, really like him. He's a really great character. He's fantastic. Um, and, and I, I told, like I said, I agree with you that he hasn't had a, a moment in a minute. Like, uh, like do you like do you like? Am I the only one? Like I'm sure I'm not the only one, but like I miss the moments like in season one where. Tyrion and Jon Snow are, are talking with each other and he's like, oh, well, you're a bastard? Well, I'm a dwarf. Like, like what? Or no, he's like, well, I'm a dwarf, you're a bastard. Like, all that I kind of crap. Some of that is because it was straight from the books. Right, and you know... We Germ, don't have book material anymore. We don't have... We don't, we're not working with book material. Is George R. R. Martin still a consultant on the show? Yes. Okay. Yes. Obviously, um, it's going to end how he wants it, but... Yes. Yes, it is. I just want him to finish. I just want him to finish so badly. He's working on it. Is he though? Yes, he is. <laughs> I think he's a little. It's hard for him. I, I really do think it's hard for him to watch a show be so much more success. Or not, I don't want to say more successful, but have like a larger following. But can they not? His books, but the show it? has the show has given his books even even great. Like I know that I would never have read Game of Thrones. I wouldn't have read any of the Song of Ice and Fire if it wasn't for the fact that I liked the show. But like now, some of the things that he was probably really excited to tell in his books, like he didn't have like the full creative control over. He didn't get to tell the the Hodor death, which I think for him was really important to him to that he's been like building this up for like since the 90s that like Hodor is going to have this track really tragic hero moment that he didn't get to tell and I think that that really sucks for him as a storyteller yeah but he has also had since the 90s to finish his book that's also me giving him crap I understand it's hard to write a, a this kind of th- with this much world building and this much stuff and like George R. R. Martin is a great writer of subversive and like foretelling dialogue. And it takes time to plan all of that out. And I get it. 
you have to map it out and be very meticulous with what you're doing and writing. And I totally agree that he's probably upset that he didn't get to tell that story in his own way. And, you know, he can write whatever he wants in his book, but it is going to be compared to what happens in the show. I get that. Uh, as far as the fast travel, like the beginning of season seven, I was watching it. I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then I watched the episode where they literally take Tyrion to King's Landing from Dragonstone and come back and then go to Eastwatch by the sea in the same episode. <laughs> I was like, OK, yeah, I, I it, see why it, I, I remember why I was annoyed. <laughs> yep. And when you gra- when you finally grapple with the topography of Westeros. Then you're like, um, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I think it's like it's assumed that there are like days taking place between all this, but right. still, it's a lot. It's that, it's a little questionable that Danny like flies to, I guess somewhere between Casterly Rock and Highgarden, and then flies back, and then Tyrion goes to Dragonstone from King's Landing, which, to be fair, is not that far. Um, they're both in the Stormlands, but it's not close. And then for them to go from Dragonstone all the way to Eastwatch by the Sea, which is the wall. Yeah. It is literally north. Although, it, technically, to 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 <laughs> Tormund, it is the south. It's the but south. It's but the south but Do you ship Tormund and, and Brienne? I just want Brienne to be happy. I, I do ship, too. I ship Gendry and Arya. That's my ship. Bro, he looks good. He's a handsome young lad. Go get that, <laughs> Arya. Jo- Joe Dempsey is a handsome lad. Oh, yeah. Um, Blacksmithing with his shirt off and stuff. He ain't afraid of those fires. Is he a Targaryen? Who knows? Shut <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing. Okay, Matt, do you have anything for Game of Thrones? I'm just, I'm ready for it to be here. Um, I'm just, I'm scared for it to be disappointed. That's all I got to say. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I, I hope Tormund's you. alive. Oh, right. Duh. Yeah. I think they didn't show him. They yeah, didn't sort of show thing, his body, like so I don't, I don't trust it. it. He's got to be alive. But Which I don't know I, how he I survived. Listen, I don't trust it if I don't see the body. That's why I'm convinced Serial Florel is still alive somewhere. That's why I'm convinced that Arya hey. didn't actually kill the blind ch- not the not the blind chick, but the the waif. The waif. The waif. No, I think the waif is I think the waif is dead. I told dead. y'all my theory about Serial, right? No. That he's Jack. That he's Jack and Hagar. Really? Yeah. Because they they, mm. they follow the the many faced god. Is Arya the I, waif right now? No. I feel like she knows too much. I don't know. No. Maybe. I know they have to study everything, but she knows too much to not be Arya. That's true. Yeah. She has to know things that... Honestly, I thought that Arya was going to kill Sansa on sight. (laughs) Like, I thought she was going to square up with Sansa on sight when she saw her. (laughs) Oh, that moment with Littlefinger. Beautiful. Good moment. Bran brought out the Bran bought out <laughs> Bran brought out Game Seven <laughs> when he said chaos is a ladder. <laughs> Yo, he came. Yeah, he, he, came how, he came with the haymakers. How much of a boss line that was. <laughs> he came with the haymaker. Oh my goodness. Okay, we need to get out of here. I know. How um, long have we gone? Jesus Christ. A while. A while. So we should go. 
But hey, we're, you're not going to hear us for a couple weeks, so there you go. But that's just a theory. A film theory. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> so if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com, which never made parts. You leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes. Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at NeverMadePod. And we'll see you with a new NCAA champion. See you in two weeks, y'all. It's not going to be Duke. It won't be Duke. Na, 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 na. Na, na, na. Yeah, okay.